Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Kate Eisler, who is co-founder and CEO of the W Marketplace. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So let's start off with an introduction, I guess. Who are you? How did you do it? And why should I care? (laughs) Just a small question there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I like to say I've worked in technology for what feels like about 200 years and most of it outside the U.S. And, you know, sort of fast forward in my career, I came back to the U.S. and was running a startup and um, was having a hard time raising money and kind of feeling down. And a very good friend had moved from Europe and said, well, let's celebrate International Women's Day. It'll make us feel great. And we couldn't find a celebration in Seattle. And so we decided to hold one. And so we hosted one. Um, We put it on our social media and this was seven years ago. And we had 80 people at the basement of where we work and we thought we were really good. And, and so um, the next year people started saying, when are you, you know, what are you doing for international women's day? So we decided to do it again and ended up with over 300 women and it grew from there. And in 2020, as the world shut down, um, we, our event was right before everything closed in the first week of March. And so we thought we had to do something to help women. And as it, as time went on, we were like, well, women need to have money directly in their bank accounts. And so we figured what better way than to start e-commerce. Everyone's shopping online. And so we founded the W Marketplace. That's awesome. So I guess this uh, experience was something that inspired you to sort of start your own company. But were you always known to be an entrepreneur? Were you always planning to be an entrepreneur? Never. <laughs> I was never planning it. And I do think now, um, I often think that I have a hard time identifying myself as an entrepreneur. I think, oh, I had a corporate career. I worked for a big tech company for years. But in fact, the W Marketplace is my third startup. And so I kind of have to get used to not only being an entrepreneur, but a little bit of a serial entrepreneur, I have to say. That's awesome. So you obviously have three startups. So you've been through, um, you know, the entrepreneurship world a few times. But what would you say were the best resources for you for starting the W Marketplace? Um, I'd say experience, you know, having done it before and learned what not to do was the best possible thing. And honestly, connecting with other entrepreneurs. I think one of the things that is the most helpful for anybody, but I'd say specifically women, is reaching out to your network Mm -hmm. and talking to them about what you're doing because somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. And that has been unbelievably helpful to me each time. That's awesome. And uh, you mentioned you obviously spoke to a lot of people, but I'm wondering, are there any lessons that, you know, they didn't mention or that you wish you would have known before starting the industry? Yes, there are many lessons. So one of the things that I'm finding um, is, you know, the, the lesson of you think you have a great idea and you're sure of it. And so you go down a path. And the, the lesson I learned with my first startup is that may not be the greatest idea and you need to listen. 
because I think the mistakes I made was, you know, no, 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 they just don't understand what I'm trying to do and trying to explain it better versus listening to the feedback and incorporating that and being able to be agile and adjust. So the marketplace, we launched um, the marketplace in September, went live to public, and we have over 400 sellers now and professional services on the site offering 2,600 products. Mm. And it is, e-commerce is one piece of our business that we thought was going to be the biggest piece. And it turns out that's not the biggest piece. It's sort of shocking, but what turns out... Um, What turns out to be the biggest piece is the ecosystem that we have built as women doing business together inside the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So almost a B2B exchange and um, the ability for women to find professional services is a unique thing for us. And so to come on to our site and, you know, buy a candle, buy a dress and a coaching session or find an accountant or an attorney that has really turned out to be the biggest piece of our business is something that we wouldn't have expected. And as we started to listen, that piece grew. I'm so glad. And you sort of like altered your company to fit what everybody else wanted and needed. So I'm so glad that's worked out successfully for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Awesome. And I'm sort of thinking about the span of your career, your three startups, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? The biggest failure was really that not listening. And I learned, you know, I also learned to um, two things. One is not listening. And the second one is ask for help. Mm. I think sometimes that we believe that we should know a lot and we should know everything. We should figure it out. And we, you know, we're running a business or we're, you know, we're in charge of something. And the fact is, is that, not asking for help is the worst possible way to approach a problem. Mm. You can't possibly know. Mm. I have learned to say, okay, you know, I'm going to ask for help and I'm also going to put things out quickly, you know, fail fast, they say. And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm. You know, if it's 85% there, do it. And then you'll learn the rest of the 15 Wow, that's very interesting. And I'm glad you've kind of like learned from that experience as well. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that as I have built a community and sort of taken in, you know, all the tactical things that are hard, Mm. it really comes down to, you know, being open to take a risk, you know, try new things and Mm. listen, listen to what people say to you. Because by no means have I taken all the advice. So I don't want to say, because I've gotten some crazy advice. Um, But, you know, some of it has some validity. And if you hear it multiple times, it's a big mistake to ignore it and decide that you're, you know, you're going to continue on. Mm, And speaking about advice, actually, what is one piece of advice you would give to any young professionals who would like to be an entrepreneur? Take a risk. You know, and I say that because I am a risk taker and I've always been that way in terms of, you know, thinking about why not me? Mm. You know, thinking if I see something or someone having success or doing something that I think is interesting or fun, I have always had an appetite to try it and really to be, why not me? 
So I am, I was not the typical person to end up in tech. I, you know, had no great background in technology. I had no great network. I had no, you know, great bank role to do it. And in fact, I am a 2018 college graduate. So I didn't even have the credentials to do it. But I always figured I'll try that. If that person can do it, I'm sure I can figure it out. And so I think that especially again with women, I think women self-select out. Mm. And my advice would be, try it. What's the worst that can happen? You'd live with, I never tried. I could have done that. Yeah, no regrets for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And what is one myth about the tech industry that you would like to debunk? I feel like you've been in the tech industry in in lots of different positions. I'm sure you have a a good myth that you would like to debunk. That um, you have to be highly technical, good at math or analytical to be successful at it. Mm. I think that, you know, people tend to go, oh, you know, I, I'm not an engineer. I can't be successful in tech. And absolutely you can. And I think it is becoming much more accessible today because technology is a part of our everyday life in everything we do. I can't think of very many aspects of my life where I'm not touched with some sort of technology. And so we are much more savvy and understanding than we think we are, than we give ourselves credit. And so I'd say, you know, you can absolutely be successful and technology needs all kinds of skills. They need soft skills. They need analytical skills. They need, um, you know, discipline skills, those sorts of things all across the board. So don't rule yourself out ever. Yes, don't rule yourself out. I think that the tech industry obviously is full of like computer science majors or electrical engineering majors, but you also need to have those soft skills as well. And you don't, you can also learn on the job as well. It's not like you need to have majored in that in college to, you know, have a profession. That's exactly. And and as I said, you know, I am a new college graduate. Mm. And I did not, you know, what I learned by doing, I think is just as important as the tech people that were supporting it. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're obviously very busy at the moment, but what have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? You know, I find a couple of things is walking away from my work and reading or listening to books that are enjoyable and completely different are so helpful to me because it makes me you know, do a better job and do better thinking. And so my favorite book recently is The Year of Yes. And so I love it. It is Rhonda. Um, oh, my gosh, I've forgotten. She's the producer of Grey's Anatomy. She's fabulous. But The Year of Yes. And so she decided to say yes to everything for the year. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't imagine doing that. But it seems like such an interesting book. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely give it a read. And then who are three people in your life who have been really influential to you? So there's a couple people. One is when I was um, early in my career, I had the prestigious job of a receptionist, which I was really bad at. (laughs) And I worked with a woman who um, was an executive in this company. It was kind of a mid-sized company. And I watched how she operated and I watched you know, the reactions of her team and her customers and her coworkers. And she was super influential in terms of, I, you know, she was one of those kind of people that you see and you think, 
I'd like to be like that person. Mm. Then um, another one was um, a woman that I had, I worked for later, sort of mid-career, who was absolutely everything that I didn't want to be in a leader. (laughs) Wow. Well, it was so good because she taught me exactly, you know, all the things that she brought to the table are things that I, you know, that were not very effective mm-hmm. and that didn't engender um, help from people or people, you know, they didn't make people want to be on her team and work hard for her. And that's a really good lesson. Just as much as you see someone you admire, you see someone practicing the way you wouldn't want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. And then the final one really um, part of the aim for the W marketplace is to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about being the economic engine for women, meaning that we wanted to change the economic platform for women. So more than just wages. So we want to give women a way to earn wages, but also to increase their overall holdings. And when I think about that, that's closing the gender gap. And one of my huge um, sort of idols when I look at historically is Elizabeth Cady Stanton. She is an amazing woman who was one of the original suffragettes Mm. and fought for the right to vote. And I, you know, I have a lot of respect for her because the odds were against her and, you know, she worked hard for hundreds of years to get that happening. I mean, personally, but she picked up, you know, she picked up the mantle and really was outspoken about the need to give women a voice. And so to do that in my own community, in my own way, with my own business, I would love to be thought of as sort of carrying on the torch. That's so lovely. Mm -hmm. And then finally, to sort of wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself at any point in your life? I would tell the voice in the back of my head to be a little quieter. Because we all have her, right? She sits on our shoulders and she says, who do you think you are? And why are you doing this? And you can't possibly be successful. And I find myself often telling her to just keep it down. Just speak a little quieter because I'm busy doing something else. And so, and I know we all have her. And I would say, you know, I've always told her to be a little quieter. Very important. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Kate. It was lovely to speak to you more and obviously learn more about your story. Thank you. I really appreciated it. And I um, I didn't even mention, I forgot to tell you that um, I've just had a book come out too that is a lot of my story. In fact, I have it. It's called Breaking Borders. Yes, everyone should pick this book up, Breaking Borders. Is that about, is a biography about you? Or? It is, it's a memoir. Oh, amazing. So it's about my, yeah, mostly my career. Okay. And so it is a fabulous, I love, you know, it sort of wraps it all up. Awesome. Well, if you're intrigued by Kate's story, make sure to pick up that book after listening to the podcast. Well, thank you so much again. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.